<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people, uh, you and I, tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. I am your co-host, Jay Sanchi, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, my man, the Fiend from Louisville. Mark, what's shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, super excited to be here as usual. Um, I wanted to start off right off the top today by uh, talking about a movie that you and I both saw over the weekend. Yes. Um, I just thank you for that upon... recommendation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I found this movie by accident. And, uh, you know, only because uh, Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe, was, was on the cover. And, uh, you know, just figured I would try it out. And it definitely did not disappoint. And that movie yeah. is Guns Akimbo. Yes. Um, <laughs> I did not know what to expect from this movie. Um, but it definitely looked like uh, just a thrill ride, just something absolutely fun to just kind of check out and, uh, and just have fun with. And it was that absolutely. And yes, I kind of just wanted to see, you know, what you thought of it, knowing that you also watched it. Okay, well, again, uh, just just so for the record, I never even knew about this movie, never even heard of it. And uh, when you pointed it out to me, you're like, hey, you got to watch this movie. And I, right. I found it on Amazon Prime, and I did. And I enjoyed it. Now, listen, it's not a great movie by any means. It's one of those turn your brain off and enjoy right. the action. Um, it's it's pretty, I mean, if you like stuff like Baby Driver, it's, it's pretty like a stylish movie. It's almost got like a Robert Rodriguez tone to it, Edgar Wright, um, yeah. kind of that kind of tone, but it's but it's really it's really out there and it's really goofy, but it is awesome. And the the thing I loved about it was like the, the camera work and the cinematography. I mean, it was just awesome. The camera angles that they used and the camera following, you know, Daniel Radcliffe around and just like, Oh my God, it was tense, it was funny, it was action-packed, it was obnoxious. Oh, it, it, it was a fun ride. It's, it's, a quick, it's a quick little watch, it's maybe 90 minutes long, if that. It's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's out there, but it's just fun. I agree, man. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I got notes of, you know, watching this movie, I got notes of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, you know, also, you know, a little bit of kick-ass, a little bit yeah. of, you know, some of those those types of movies that are not super grounded in reality, but it doesn't really matter because the action is just so awesome. You know, I just, I really like the fight choreographies, especially with the character Nyx, uh, who's yep. actually hunting the main character. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. crazy. <laughs> you know, it's just... You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, verisimilitude or like realness in this movie as far yeah, as, as, far as you know, don't go into, ex <laughs> don't go it in, into it for anybody that's interested in it. Don't go into this movie expecting, you know, to see yeah. things that are really grounded in reality. It's you know, just, not realistic at all. Throw reality out the door. Yeah, I mean, the, the premise itself kind of lets you know that, right? Like it's, it's basically about an internet troll that mm -hmm. kind of picks with the wrong people 
They knock him unconscious. He wakes up with uh, uh, guns surgically uh, attached to his hands that he cannot (laughs) remove. Now we know (laughs) there's no real way that that could that that could work. You know what I mean? Um, So if you're willing to to accept or suspend your disbelief with that yes, part of it. I think exactly. that that's a movie that that can be enjoyed. You know, I just I loved everything from the pacing to the music to the fight scenes to the to the effects. Yeah. And um, you know, I just thought it was a really good movie all around. Um, yeah. I'm really surprised at uh, how poorly it did. Right. So yeah. it's we don't, I didn't even know it existed. You know. Right. I never heard of it. So you know, I didn't. You know, I don't know if there was a marketing campaign for it or not. I know it was released maybe a week or two before the quarantine due to the pandemic, yeah. and so that could have affected it. Um, but um, I was looking at the numbers, and we don't really know how much it cost to make this film, but we know that it had to have been over a million yeah. dollars at least, right? Yeah. It grossed. Uh, domestically, less than eight hundred thousand dollars. I mean, total. Like, you know, what I mean, yeah. like, so you know, and that's with VOD and everything. I mean, it's just unreal. Like, I, I've never, we I haven't heard of numbers. A, this, this could be a cult movie in the making. It could be. It could be yeah. one of those slow burns that just like didn't do well in the theater. But yeah, like you, you just mentioned, like Scott Pilgrim. Like Scott right. Pilgrim is now like a huge cult film and. Right, you know, it only took so, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, but it, this, I hope this happens because this movie deserves to be watched. Because <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, how did this one survive? Like, right, right, awesome. right. But digging into this film a little bit more, um, I noticed that there was a a controversy attached to it. Right, so the yeah. director James Lee Howden, um, he actually. Uh, was embroiled in sort of a Twitter war with uh, people who were coming after a, uh, a film critic. I think her name was Delara, I have it written here, Delara Elbier. And mm-hmm. she had uh, used like uh, used a racial epithet in one of her um, private messages to somebody and that message got leaked. So yeah. she got raked over the coals and he kind of looked at the situation and, and considered it bullying. So he jumped in and kind of took it too far and then he wound up bullying a bunch of people himself and so as a result there uh wound up being a campaign to kind of tank his movie and so that might be one of the reasons i don't know that that's really the main contributor because we've seen this kind of thing before and even when say like you have negative reviews a lot of like negative reviews on say uh rotten tomatoes or cinema Long before the movie even comes out yeah people are still gonna go see it you know what i mean and 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 like you said yeah with rotten tomatoes in the past it's been you know people who have never seen it are able to go on and sort of write these negative reviews yeah so i don't know that that's really the case i mean i think that that um it's probably more that you know with the with the current climate of you know with the pandemic and everything that's going on i think even at that time people were a little risk averse as far as going to going to the movies and with a movie that unknown with with very little marketing i i don't i don't think that um that that he really had a chance yeah that's that's my view yeah yeah i i can second on that Uh, i mean i really got nothing else to add to i don't know if uh I mean, any more thoughts on, I mean, besides the controversy, any more thoughts on the movie? 
I, I just I just say you know for people that are are uh, fans of you know just a lot of heavy action, a lot of uh, you know sort of sci-fi, I guess, but fast fast-paced action, kind of a lot of gunplay, a lot of like martial arts and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'd recommend this movie. Yeah, it's a who. No, no other way to put it. It's a who. Not you know, nothing to like. You know, it's not. No, it's not a Citizen Kane. It's not. Not. Not even like a Die Hard. It's just. It's. It's a solid action flick. It's very stylized, and it's funny and it's entertaining. Um, it's just. We recommend it. And right. And Daniel Radcliffe. It's on Amazon Prime. It's right. on Amazon Prime. If you are a Prime member, it's there. Watch it. Right. Okay, so uh, moving on now, uh, we're a little bit late to the party um, because there's been so many topics in this past few weeks. This one, this one didn't slip by us. We just didn't find the time to really focus on it. Now we figured we'd take the time to focus on it. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, unfortunately, uh, Anil Morricone, who is the, uh, he's a famous composer. Now I didn't really know who he was, the person, but I know his work. So I'm not gonna, you know, stand here and be like, oh my God, like I'm a fan of it. No, no, I'm just, I'm aware of what the movies he's done. And I was looking at his filmography. Um, but yeah, he unfortunately passed away. Uh, he's very well known, known for doing a lot of Western movies. Uh, in particular, like a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. But I was looking at the filmography. He did dip his toes into horror. He did uh, The Thing. Right. And he worked with Quentin Tarantino on uh, Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. Right. But where I want to talk, zoom in. Okay, uh, Mark and I, if you can't tell by looking at us, we are diehard Metallica fans. Absolutely. And for the last 20 or 30 years plus, uh, Metallica always used as their intro before they get on stage, the finale, the, the finale of the theme of the good and bad and the ugly. So that's where I want to just say my part that um, that's where he's really influenced, like how I know his work is because of Metallica. Right. <laughs> well, I think he's I think he's influenced a lot of people, right? So you figure, you know, his career spanned about six decades. And yeah. you know, I was looking at uh, IMDb um, mm -hmm. a few days ago and, and kind of seeing his, you know, his composition count. I mean, he's responsible for doing 519 movie scores. Yeah. That's you know, amazing. you know, when when you think of a a 60s Western, like a spaghetti Western, you immediately yeah. think of his music because, you know, his music is pretty much tied to every Sergio Leone uh, film. You know, um, a lot of the early 70s uh, Westerns and, and 70s kind of gangster movies. Um, you, know, you know, he did a lot of work with like Brian De Palma and, yep. uh, you know, uh, just over the years. I mean, he did the, the score for Cinema Paradiso, which is a which is a huge little classic, you know? So, you know, it's it's hard to watch really any uh, major film over the past few decades and not run into something that he's attached to in some way, yeah. you know? I mean, he's arguably one of the most prolific uh, composers in the 20th century and into the 20, 21st century. And so- yep. He never stopped. It's, it's very sad. Absolutely. Um, uh, like I said, basically, like I said, I, the, all the Westerns you speak of, again, I'm gonna reiterate the Metallica thing, the connection there, the thing. Um, uh, he did some other, um, he did, he did some odd ones too, not not just westerns and, and a little bit of horror there, but he did he did a lot of dramas. Uh, did Lolita, 
Uh, right. Like there's some there's like some there that you're like, okay, wow. So he you know he's not just a Western guy. He's done other stuff too. Sure. I mean, you know, like I said, he's one of the best known composers in Hollywood history. Yeah. And he, I I would be very surprised if his name didn't come up in you know most conversations with filmmakers as they're starting to develop their films. Yeah. You know, like if I was, you know, if I was a big director in the 70s or the 80s or even the late 60s, I would probably be trying to get him. And yeah. so regardless of genre, it's just his level of talent and his ability to, to score almost any, yeah. any style of film. And I Hans Zimmer is a huge fan of him too. Right, right. I mean, think of the influence that, you know, that he had over some of the some of the modern composers that we admire now, like Hans Zimmer and Tina Guo and some some of the other, you know, big time composers. So so yeah, like it you know, like I was saying before, I, I really think that this is sort of a dark day for for uh, for film in general, having yeah. him pass because he never actually stopped. He never retired. He just continued yeah. to work. You know, so so yeah. So he will definitely be missed. And off the off the you know top of your head, Mark, what would you say? What is your favorite uh, composition or movie film that he did? Well, I mean, it's hard to think of. Uh, Ennio Morricone without like it's hard to hear that name without hearing the that whistling in mm -hmm. you know the good the bad and the ugly right <laughs> so that that's, that's absolutely my is my favorite yeah. because yeah, it's same, you know, yeah it's definitely my go-to you know and I I have found in the past just myself whistling that randomly without no. having seen the movie in a long time, just randomly like doing. And it. anyone who's been to a Metallica <laughs> concert, as soon as the lights go pitch black and the good and the bad and the ugly finale comes on and you're just getting amped up. Oh my God, it's just, oh, it's, it's not, it's just one of the best feelings ever going seeing Metallica. I mean, they still put on a great show. They still to this day, and I saw them a couple years ago, still use that composition as their intro. And it's just, man, you, you can't ask for a, anything better to get you hyped up at a live show. Yeah, I mean, it's such a ubiquitous theme. You know, it's something yeah. that everybody knows. Everybody knows the connotation behind it. You know, it's it's one of the best, uh, best com best composed lines in a mm -hmm. in a song. Just that just that string of notes alone, you know, is so memorable that you know it, I, it's it's something that, in my opinion, is completely unmatched. Something a little bit better, <laughs> as far as news is concerned. Yes. Uh, we got word about uh, HBO Max taking on uh, the show Gotham PD, which is going to be a spinoff of the Matt Reeves Batman films. So uh, I wanted to kind of see what you thought of that. I got a couple things, actually. Um, I think it's badass that HBO Max is all in on a DC multiverse. Um, that's pretty exciting. So we're going to get... I mean, it sounds like we're going to be getting more of um, Snyder's vision. We're going to get more, you know, we're going to get Matt Reeves is still going to be able to, you know, do what he wants to do. And, you know, the Michael Keaton rumors out there too. My only concern is, it's not that I wasn't asking for Gotham PD. The problem, the only, my only, there's a slight little concern is I did not like the show Gotham. Right. It started off good. And mm -hmm. it got silly way too quick. Sure. I mean, 
and I'm actually baffled the show went as long as it did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. It's, it's a Batman spinoff, and it was it caught fire. But man, to me, I, I I stopped after the I think into the third season. I stopped completely, and I did watch the finale, and that was it. And um, I just have a feel. I just my worry is that the stench of Gotham is going to be on this, you know, Gotham PD show. Right, and and you know there are a lot of people that are very quickly making that comparison, right? Um, personally, I don't really see any connection with that. I mean, it's completely different showrunners. We don't yeah. know the premise. You know, we don't even know if any of the central characters to Batman's story are going to be involved. We don't even know if Commissioner Gordon is a part of it. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. I mean, I mean, ugh, like if. It's going to be really, really hard to pull this. I think it's going to be hard to pull it off, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, you know, my thought is, my first thought what if, is Another that, thing, too, is what if, what if the Batman flops? I'm just saying, what if, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's because mm-hmm. I have faith in Matt Reeves based on his history. Sure. But what if, what if, like, the Batman flops and, you know, and then, then what are they going to do with this show, you know? Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, there there doesn't seem to be anything more than a tangential uh, connection to Batman. He's probably not going to appear in this series. It's probably going to be kind of like, I don't want to make this comparison because I'm not really a big fan of the show, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where mm-hmm. they reference the Avengers all the time. Yeah. But the Avengers never appear in the show. So it, it, they're just letting you know that this is a part of the same universe. And I think that with a show like this, uh, my first thought is there's a comic book that came out probably about 20 years ago called Gotham Central. And that was primarily just about everyday cops and detectives that happen to work in the Gotham PD. And it made mention of, you know, some of the some of the bigger characters like Commissioner Gordon and Batman and, and some of those people, but they really didn't appear in the comic. You're just seeing the inside of, of what it of what Gotham is like and what it's like to be a cop in that city. I think they're gonna draw pretty heavily from that. Yeah. The other and thing is been, go ahead. Oh I was gonna say and they also been pretty clear that this whole, you know, Matt Reeves universe is gonna be its own thing. It's not gonna cross over with anything. So Yeah, it's not a part it's, of the DC. It's gonna be a self contained yeah. Batman story. Yeah, it's not a part of the DCEU. If anything, like Matt Matt Reeves is planning to do a trilogy and um as far as we know we don't know like whether or not any of those characters from the trilogy are actually going to spill into the show we don't even know like the time period right yeah exactly know that we know that like the batman is sort of going to be about uh bruce wayne's like origin as the batman it's going to be like his early days as the batman him becoming like this great detective and stuff like that but as far as we know gotham pd might take place years after that or might take place before that. It might take place when Bruce Wayne is still a kid. It might take place before Thomas and Martha Wayne are murdered. We don't know any of those deals. I mean, any of those um, any of those details yet. So until we do, it's it's kind of hard to speculate whether this is going to be a good or a bad deal. Um, yeah, that Reeves. Well, I, I just want to speculate on one thing though. Um, now, Westworld. Right. Is Westworld still on, or are they finishing up, or is, or are they? What's the status on Westworld? I, I, I think I know where you're going with that, uh, <laughs> because mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright is on yes. that show, and yeah. we kind of we know that Jeffrey Wright is going to be 
Commissioner Gordon in yes. Matt Reeves' film. You know, is he going to be in this in this movie? Um, yeah, I don't really know the details of Westworld. I I've heard that this is the final season. I'm not a Westworld. Oh, watcher. okay. Well, someone in the comments let know because if Westworld is 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 ending, you gotta wonder if the timing if Westworld is in fact coming to an end, then do you think this is Jeffrey Wright's gonna be his his next show? Is you know, being part of the series and the the Reeves movie. I mean, that would be I, a great thing if if yeah. that was the case. I mean, I think that you know you have a great actor in in Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Also, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see his you know version of uh, Jim Gordon. It's an inspired take for sure. You know, I I think that he wouldn't have been the person that I would have immediately thought of. But when they announced that in yeah. the casting, I was like, yeah, like that. That's your guy. You know, he'd be perfect. Yeah, no, no, I think this the casting so far has been pretty cool. Now I'm just wondering, like, and as we, you already, we're not going to repeat it, but, you know, how much of this cast is going to spill into this other show? We don't know. Now, will right. it be on HBO Max? Now, here's another thing. Will it be on HBO Max? And this is, I, I was talking to my one of my buddies about this. If, let's just say, I don't think they're going to do it, but it'd be cool if they did. If, if the Batman happens to be rated R, which I am all for. I am all for an R-rated Batman movie. <laughs> you're all you're all for like the rated R like well, uh, comic book movies. Like you always what, bring that up. <laughs> I know, I know, I do. But the thing is, um, Batman's a dark character. It's a sure. violent character. Gotham City is supposed to be like a shithole of violent crimes everywhere, and like, I I would love to see. I think Reeves should go for the hard R. Um, and if this show's gonna be on HBO Max. You know, HBO Max is, you know, the HBO shows are pretty, you know, hard R's, you know? So, I, and I, I get I get what you're saying, but I, I honestly think that's the wrong approach as far as like writing a series, right? So yeah. like you, you really shouldn't just go into it and be like, we have to like push the envelope and go R. Like, I think your focus should be writing a good story. Like that's yeah. the thing that matters, you know what I mean? There are plenty of like films that were PG-13 or, or yeah. just PG that are beloved films by oh, most yeah. of you no, know, no, I agree and, with you there. And it just, it, yeah, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with the rating. You know, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you want to see, like, a, like a, a more adult-themed uh, series, yes. right? But that's not going to mean anything if the writing isn't there. You know, like so, I I don't really care about the about the TV rating. Whether it's, it's just fun to speculate, though, because if you you know if you if if you're looking at the at the signs, the signs are pointing. Well, you know that the the possibility is certainly there. Sure, not, sure. Won't happen. We're I mean, just, and you and you have right, and you have Terrence Win Winner as the showrunner. Um, you know, he did Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if you ever saw any of the episodes. Uh, no, you know, I never got around to that. that show. That was a great series. I mean, it came out like in the early like to mid two thousands for HBO. I mean, it was a great show, and that was a little bit more TVMA. Also. So, there's good indicators that that's where they're going, but okay, but. You know, honestly, as long as you have, you know, good stories, you have mm -hmm. uh, great acting in it, you know, uh, whether or not it it, it sort of uh, blends in with the, you know, the Batman films going forward, yeah. you know, as long as like you have those components in place, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. So. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, hard R series in the Super superhero realm the boys season two is on its way yes. september 4th and we got a kick-ass teaser trailer 
Oh my god, am I amped up for the boys season two? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be great, man. Like I'm really oh excited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm really strongly thinking about uh, so September 4th falls on a Friday. I am thinking about mm -hmm. taking time off from work and just binge all season two in one day and just go all in. I'm so excited. The Boys was, was the most unexpected great shows to come out last year. And um, I, listen, I didn't even know about the comics, never read the comics. I The only reason why I knew about it is because I was one of those people that shows up at the movie theater early. And if you go see a Regal movie, they usually have like um, commercials and upcoming events and this, this and that. And Amazon Prime had a, you know, a, a sneak peek of the boys. And right. I'm like, all right, I'm in on this show. And then I watched it and I, I never shut up about it. I, I told everybody at work to go watch it. And I got my friends into it. And and then how it ended, so, it, the ending was just mind blowing. And the acting, it was just, it was just so dark and gritty and guts and, tits and like everything is like, <laughs> everything about the show was great and the and it's funny and and when season two now season two has been done filming for a while now they they finished filming like before the year before 2020 and they had um they had some teaser images up like back in december right but we're all like and we all speculate well it's probably gonna come out season two is probably gonna come out in june and then of course we all knew what happened after that and then just the post-production took longer which understandably so as far as i'm concerned take as much time as you need to make this season as good as the first season right and i'm excited for these new characters um stormfront mm -hmm. um and i just can't wait to see where the, the directions of the show goes in i'm sorry if i keep ranting mark and one last thing i'm gonna say about <laughs> that trailer is that uh that 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 billy joel we didn't start the fire i personally hate that song but that song fits so well in that damn trailer. I recommend everyone needs to see this teaser. It doesn't show. It doesn't really show anything. I mean, there's a little clip, clips here and there, but there's nothing spoiler in there. And I just, oh, I cannot wait. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot, man. There's a lot to unpack. But I agree with most of everything you said. So you know, I, I too am super excited. I loved uh, season one. I think you have like a fantastic cast, including Carl Urban, Jack Quaid. No. Um, you know, like you had some some really heavy hitters in there that that didn't disappoint. You know, that were absolutely great. I, you know, I'm not a big reader of the comics myself, um, but I enjoyed the pacing and action in it, um, the irreverence. And, uh, you know, I'm like you, I'm, I'm very eager to get started watching season two. I do have some bad news for you. Yeah. So uh, it came out a few days ago that Amazon is only going to release the first three episodes on September 4th. Oh and my after God, that, you just killed me. <laughs> yeah, after that, it's going to be a You were waiting for that walk. dagger in the heart, weren't you? <laughs> I was holding on. I was holding on. I did, not, not because I wanted because I was like, how do I break this to Jay? Because I know this is going to happen. <laughs> you, you, you told me. <laughs> yep, yep. So I was Why like, you, I thought it was going to be like a binge-worthy kind of a thing. Like immediately, September 4th, we could watch all those, you know, in their entirety. But I Why? think- they, Amazon they, Prime never does that. Right, right. Well, I think that. that they're seeing what, you know, some of the other streaming services are doing. So, you know, HBO, 
traditionally has been a, a weekly run kind of a deal. Hulu is starting to do that. And they're seeing some long-term success with that, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, it makes a lot more sense. I understand from a business. About your show for a couple of months as opposed to a weekend. And then you run the risk of people just canceling their their, their subscriptions. Yeah. You have less of a, a, a threat with Amazon Prime because most people pay for that yearly. But... Yeah, that and you know they want the free Prime delivery. That's that's why I got it in the first place. Right, right. Well, I got I got it primarily for the video, you know, because yeah. I really like the original shows. I like a lot of the films that are on Prime. Um, yeah. But but yeah, that aside, I think that they're seeing the success that you know comes with this water cooler talk. You know, of you know, you, you think about shows like Game of Thrones, yeah, you know, or Watchmen, you know, or or some of the some of the shows on Hulu like Handmaid's Tale that are Mandalorian, weekly. right? Mandalorian, it makes a lot more sense, you know, for them to do it that way, even though it kills us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 I'm gonna have to go in the work then. <laughs> right, I was right. looking forward to taking the day off and watch all eight episodes or how many episodes they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but, mean, you know, not going to work and I can just come home and watch three, epi you know, the three episodes. But well, you could wait until October and then watch them no. all. No, 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 no. I, I need to watch. I, I need the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I, can, I'm, I guess. I'm I guess. You. Okay. I will say this though. I mean, it, it, as much as it sucks, as much as you, you, you threw that dagger right in my heart, Mark. <laughs> well, someone would have said something. I'm sure some, someone was told me, but the thing is, at least they're giving us three and not one. Right, right, so, and that's and that's the thing, you know. At least they were nice enough to give us three episodes, you know, that we can at least binge and talk about for a few weeks, and then you know, yeah. then, and then we start. You know, what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> right, right. Probably more live. Know, stream. I'm not a recorded right. show or a live stream. We'll definitely have some, you know, the boys' discussions for sure. Yeah, actually, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what you all think of it. Me, personally, you know, I'm really excited to see uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito in, yes. in his role here. You know, I think that he makes every show that he's a part of better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Breaking Bad was already good, but when they introduced Gustavo Frang, oh, you know, they took it to another level. You know, the same thing with uh, The Mandalorian. You know, I know that you haven't seen it, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, he he plays a very important role in like the, the final uh, the final arc of that, that first season going into the next season. And just his presence in it just elevates the show. And so I have no doubt that, you know, this season two, having him in it is just gonna, again, take this to another level and make it that much better. So I'm yes. all in. I can't wait for September. For all of those, listen, for anyone who hasn't watched The Boys or maybe you never heard of it, and I wouldn't blame you if you never heard of it because Amazon Prime is not the greatest at marketing their, their original programming. Right. But for anyone who hasn't watched The Boys, you have a golden opportunity to watch it. Binge the whole first season before this second season drops. You have a golden opportunity. I'm not going to make fun of you if you haven't seen it because there's a lot of shows I haven't seen. But I'm telling you, if there's any show that I'm going to pull your leg, you have to watch and I, I know there are people I, i've talked to a few people who have you know the superhero fatigue this is not a superhero show not like how you envision a superhero so this is this is like the most anti-marvel anti-dc show 
it's it's so oh my god i just yeah it's it's more of a send-up of superheroes if anything you know it's like sort of satire you know like what is thank you you know what if what if like your job was to be a superhero and you just Mm -hmm. became disgruntled you know and and you have a pr department and you have people watching you but but what makes the show so great i'm not gonna spoil anything but these these quote-unquote heroes they are assholes they are the worst of the worst of most worst. of them most yes. of them yeah yeah but that's what makes that's what gives the show a great dynamics because behind closed doors they are awful and and then when you got like the um you know the the, the boys are the are the group that are trying to take them out and expose them and it's just that that whole dynamic and the dialogue and the violence and the way the show is shot and it's like it doesn't even look like a television series. It looks looks like a movie. The, the quality of the special effects and the cinematography is like, it's like it's like if you're watching a movie. Like, oh my god! Like, I'm telling you, please, just I I will tell you. You watch the first episode, you will be hooked. I, I promise you. Just watch. Is it the first safe episode. to say that this is your most anticipated show of 2020? Absolutely. Without a doubt, um, because we already had the, uh, you know, Better Call I'm waiting for the last season of Better Call Saul, but that won't be until 2021 or even 2022 at this point. Right. Um, I think for me, the boys in Better Call Saul are the, my two favorite shows that are on right now. Right. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. It's definitely one of one of my most anticipated. I've been waiting since that that cliffhanger. <laughs> since oh, that God. final scene in the final oh, episode I'm like you God. have got to explain yes. you know we're not going to give any spoilers but yeah, you we know, will. If, they, if they don't open on that scene and, and let us know what's going on and again again, moving forward uh, we're, we're never as far as Mark and I are concerned we're never going to spoil anything on a recorded show but I would, I am more than happy to do a live stream with spoiler discussion. Yeah, I am yeah, and we happy. probably and we probably will do something like that yes. once this airs. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know that actually sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad you got. Yeah, and then everyone could jump in, and it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so man, that was that was a that was a load I had to get off my chest. <laughs> Thanks for breaking my heart on the on the three episodes. But that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, before we go, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, we're having a lot. Of, Thank for everyone who came into the um, last week's test stream. We're gonna do another. We're gonna do one last test before we start really moving forward with these uh, live webcast shows. But just thank you for uh, everyone who's helped helping us with the channel and everything. Uh, we're we're having an absolute blast. Uh, if Mark, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, shout out to like pretty much everybody who has been kind of helping us kind of put this together. You know what yes. I mean? Like, you know, Mike Long helping us with our logo and his friend Roy with the animation. Matthew you know, Carter with his uh, lovely voice. And his right, right. You know what us. I mean? Like, you know, shout out to some of the other channels sort of giving us advice and kind of helping, you know, Matt mm-hmm. from Monstrosities, you know, like a lot of, you know, uh, you know, other experienced YouTubers kind of giving us some some feedback and some pointers you know so you know we we couldn't do any of this without you guys and we kind of hope to kind of take what you've given us and run with it and make the show better absolutely all right so before we go as i say to you all always we ask you to pretty please like comment ring that bell spread this shit like syphilis so to you i say from louisville to syracuse to all of our friends and fans around the world at nerd cage live enjoy life stay safe 
and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>